0: Hi there. You're listening to the Shift to Your Bliss podcast series. If you're in your 30s and beyond with some life experience and you're looking, indeed searching for more in your life, your work, and your career, then you're in the right place. In this podcast series, we'll show you how to shift to your bliss. My name is Dr. Sheila Jagger. I'm a world traveler from Machu Picchu to the pyramids of Egypt. I've studied alongside Thomas Leonard, Bob Proctor, Dean Graziosi, and Deepak Chopra. And after five decades, I've created my very own formula to help you shift to your bliss. Welcome to the podcast series, Shift to Your Bliss. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back. This is our second episode in talking about the heal process in uh, the shift to your bliss and and you know i'm spending time on on the heal piece because not only is it about the challenge to change and to see things in a different light and to be in a different way in terms of your story but you know heal is also something that i think we should be doing on a more regular basis i think that we need to be paying attention To on a daily basis, how am I feeling? And, and what, what is it that I could spend some time with self care and um, be able to take care of myself? Because, you know, the interesting thing is we take for granted our health until it's not there. And then all of a sudden we want it to be better. So in this session on heal. What I'd really like to do is talk about those times when you have had the opportunity to receive the the healing that you needed, or even just to spend some time in self-care. Now, as I've told you in the past, I am um, a traveler, I am an adventurer, and I do like to go to uh, different places in the world. And essentially... A lot of my stories come from all these different adventures that I've had. But the one around heel that I think is important is um, an experience I had in Machu Picchu. And I was very excited, I have to say, about going to Machu Picchu. It was on my list for a number of years. And so I was uh, very keen to get there. And when I landed in Lima, Peru, um, I hadn't had much sleep the night before, but I wanted to tour the city. And it had rained. And so the cobblestones were wet and I slipped and went down on my knee and I badly bruised um, the tendons and ligaments in my knee, uh, which uh, turned out to be rather debilitating when you're at Machu Picchu. Anyway, I got ahead of myself. So I'm in Lima, Peru. I'm about to go out on this tour the next day. I get back to the hotel and hobbled into the hotel. And they immediately got a wheelchair and said, oh my goodness, what happened? And I told them, and I have to tell you, and this is the shortest part of the story I can tell you, they took care of me. They actually had had um, one of their housekeeping staff come in every two hours in the night to put ice on my knee. They helped me in the morning to pack up and to get ready. And when I went downstairs, of course, the tour guide was there and said, whoa, We're going to send you to a clinic when we get to Cusco. And I said, oh, really, I'm going to be fine. No, I wasn't. But it was that whole story of it's okay, It's okay, Everything's fine. And so he said, nope, you stand with me. So he put me in this wheelchair, put me on the bus and uh, (laughs) and stayed right beside. He would not leave my side. Um, obviously he knew my behavior would be to bolt if I could bolt. And so when we got to Cusco, he I I can tell you honestly, I do not know the airport in Cusco because it was a blur. He was whipping me through that airport, got to the luggage and showed him what my luggage was. And there was this man standing there and uh, he was the doctor and he ran a clinic, but he came to pick me up to take me to his clinic. When I got to the clinic, of course, they thought this was really serious. They thought maybe I'd broken my leg, whatever. So um, he had an emergency uh, physician there. He had a cardiac physician there because remember you're at altitude. He also had an orthopedic surgeon there and he had an anesthetist there as well as the x-ray technician. I had more service there than I ever had at any place that I've been in Canada with our healthcare system, but let's not go off on that story. So anyway, um, they took x-rays and um, realized that I had badly bruised um, all the tendons and ligaments. And they uh, taped it up, gave me crutches and said, you're not to climb. Now, I don't know if any of you know Machu Picchu, um, but um, it, it's it's not like it's a drive-in. So you have to climb. And I said, well, just so you know, I'm going to Machu Picchu. And they said, well, you can't climb. And I said, okay, here's the catch. I'm going to Machu Picchu. So they all looked at each other. And the doctor said to me, uh, the, the doctor that owned the clinic said, well, I'll um, I'll give you a prescription for some medication for pain, obviously knowing I was going to be in pain. So then the bus, the tour bus came and picked me up. And the guide said, uh, I hear you're not supposed to climb. And I said, he had to tell you that piece, nothing else, just that. And he said, you're going to climb, Archie. I said, of course, I'm going to climb. So we got to Machu Picchu. It was magnificent. I have to tell you, it was magnificent. Loved being there. We were there for two days. And at the end of the first day, I asked the guide that I had if she would um, bring me back at sunrise so I could do a meditation. So she, of course, went to the main guide and he said, now you want to go do a meditation? I said, of course. And he said, well, I'll ask the rest of the group. No one else wanted to go because it was going to be like 4.30 in the morning and we don't want to do that on vacation, I guess. I wanted to be there because of the energy of the mountain. So we got up at 4.30 and actually I got up at 3.30 because I had to do all the stuff I had to do to get ready because we were leaving that day and uh, went off to the mountain. And she took me to a place where only the, the tour guides would um, meditate. And um, she helped me get down on the ground so I could sit. And uh, she brought some tobacco as um, you know a gift to the mountain. And um, I was familiar with that process through my work with First Nations people. And um, I closed my eyes and I thought I'd only been in meditation for a short period of time. It was two and a half hours. When I opened my eyes, the sun was up and it was just glorious, um, shining down. And um, so I stood up and walked around uh, to look around. And uh when the guide um, realized that I was out of my meditation, she stood up and she said, are you ready to go? And I said, yes. And I said, um, thank you for leaving the tobacco. And she said, well, oh, that's fine. And I said, so we'll just carry on. And so I started to walk away and she said, um, don't you want your crutches? And I said, oh, I have a bad knee, but I didn't have a bad knee. The healing that took place on that mountain was because I was open to it number one. But secondly, there's energy that can help you to shift. And that's exactly what happened. My knee uh, was great. I'm going to say probably four weeks. Um, and then when I got back home, um, of course, uh, the, the energy of the mountain wore off because I didn't have that source anymore. So I had to really um, find a way to get that energy back. So I say this to you, Because when you're trying to move through the HEAL process in the formula, you really truly need to take a look at where is your energy? Where is the energy that you're trying to uh, perhaps call in? Where's the energy that's going to help you to move to where you need to move to? So in the questions that I asked you in the last uh, segment that we did, They were basically trying to ground you in your story. Where does the story begin? What took place? Who was with you? If there was someone with you, perhaps every time you see that person, it re-triggers the story and you're not even consciously aware of it. Remember, stories can be as unconscious as they can be conscious. Sometimes we take things in and then experience and we don't even realize that we've now got a story. Congratulations, you've made a story. But you don't even realize it until such time as you may be with that person again. And then all of a sudden, you're reminded of that story. Who said or did what created the story for you? Or did anyone? Did your mind make the story up? You know, the stories that our wonderful brain makes up are stories of protection. They're stories that we need to know in order to protect ourselves going forward. How did you feel at the time the story took place? Well, I can tell you when uh, going back to the story of um, not being smart enough, when I got moved to a different school and I knew no one and it had this religion I'd never heard of, I was not only sad and confused, I was angry. I did not want to be there. But there was no way out because remember, I wasn't smart enough. So scholastically, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, pass myself out of the school. So I was trapped. Sometimes in your story, you're trapped. And the reason you're trapped is because you've allowed your brain to trap you there. So how did you feel after that story? Not immediately, but going forward? Well, obviously, I felt it was a part of who I was for years. Has the story changed over time? Has it become more intense or less? Well, I think over the years, the story remained. It did. I don't know that it got more intense. I think it probably got more intense when I was in nursing school and I was at exams. I think probably then I I had some anxiety about that and the story came back to me. But um, I don't know that it got as intense as some of the other stories in my life. And then how has the story served you? Well, it served me because then I didn't have to really try hard at school. I could still party. I could still go out, do all kinds of things with my friends. And then what was the impact of the story? You know, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have the story when I was younger. I have no idea, but I will say this. And I've talked to many people who have um, kids who are not doing well in school. And I say this to them and I say it to them honestly. Maybe they're just bored. Maybe they don't like what they're talking about in school. Maybe they're just not ready. I was not ready to learn when I was younger. But I thirsted for knowledge when I was older and still do. Lifelong learner, that's me. And then the the final question, of course, is, are you willing or wanting to heal this? Decide that you want to heal this. You know, my decision wasn't entirely mine. It was my mentor's decision. And she didn't even know the story. So sometimes there will be someone from the outside that will challenge you to change your story. And they don't even know what the story is that may be the case for you. Stories can hide because they've been able to have an impact on you. What you need to be able to do is to decipher what is it that I want to change about this? What is important to me to break away from that story and be free and to do the things that I truly want to do? The story, in many cases, holds you back from being the very best you could be. Holds you back from being that person that you were intended to be. Holds you back from being all that you wanted to be and more. You know, I heard a wonderful story about um, Michael Jordan and, uh, I'm sure you all know this, that Michael Jordan, when, when he was in high school, um, he was told that he would never be a basketball player. He was too clumsy and he was not able to do what he needed to do. And he was growing at such a speed that of course he was being clumsy. Who wouldn't be when you're growing to great heights? I wouldn't know about that. I'm only five, two, but I can only imagine what it's like when you grow and you become that tall. Anyway, he made a decision that he was going to be a basketball player. And he did have someone who believed in him, who said, just keep practicing, just keep practicing. And look at where Michael Jordan is now. You know, if he had listened to the story in his head that he was clumsy and not capable, he would never have become the person he's become. And To be honest, the world would be less because we wouldn't have had him able to do the things that he did. Sometimes what we need to understand is the story is there for the challenge. Maybe you need to change the story so you can meet the challenge and move into that place in your life that you're supposed to be. Your future awaits. The story may be holding you back. Now, for those of you who found a story and the story is serving you, it works for you. And it's something that's very positive. I think that's fabulous. And by the way, I would say congratulations. You've got another story that's hiding. We all have stories. You know, I have I have several stories. And um, as we go f- forward, one of the things that I am going to do is talk to you about another opportunity that you're going to have to work with me. And I can tell you the stories that are the intense stories you really want to pay attention to because they are life-changing. So if you found a story that is serving you, take what is being used in that story to serve you and look for the story that isn't serving you. And then we can apply some of the principles. Well, that's it for today. Um, and uh, I do want to say that I am so thrilled that you're with me on these podcasts. And I really do hope that we're going to be able to move you through these stories so that you can become the person that you you were created to be. I'll see you next week, right back here, same place. and remember. We're all a work in progress. We're all on the journey. I'm Dr. Sheila. And until next time, go out there shifters, find your bliss. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening today to the Shift to Your Bliss podcast series. If I said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at shifttoyourbliss.com and book a call with me or find the gifts that are free for you to download. Remember, life is a journey, and we're all a work in progress. I'm Dr. Sheila, and until next time, shifters, get out there and start your journey to bliss.